the mental health coach, who am I? Well, let me take a moment and tell you who I am. I'm a survivor, a life coach, a counselor, multiple doctorate degrees and certificates and certifications, and someone who has had their fair share of trauma and abuse. I am also a student of coaching, which helped me to rebuild my life brick by brick. I am Angela Seabrooks, and I'm here to support you as we unpack the baggage that's been weighing you down. Let's get started. Welcome back to The Mental Health Coach. In this episode, I want to unpack our emotional communication and delve into how it can affect your relationships. I've been working with my client, Jane, who you've heard about in previous episodes, on some of her triggers for her anxiety and helping her identify coping strategies to just help reduce some of her stressors. Well, during one of our sessions, Jane said, today I think I need some help with the anxiety in my relationship. She was having a hard time communicating with her boyfriend about how she was thinking and feeling, and it created a lot of frustrations for them. You see, Jane would often talk to him about her feelings and about her thoughts about the relationship and was looking for some immediate feedback from her partner and how he felt. He would tell Jane that he needed some time to think about things, but he would never return to the discussion. Needless to say, this caused a lot of anger and frustration, particularly as Jane interpreted her partner's lack of feedback as a lack of concern for her feelings. As Jane and I processed through the challenges that were surfacing, we realized that she and her partner had different levels of exposure to emotional communication. You see, Jane had received different levels of support throughout her life through counseling and coaching and had become very comfortable with identifying the emotions that were surfacing and just processing through them as she decided how she was going to handle them. Jane's partner did not have the same level of comfort when it came to discussing how he was thinking and feeling, and he felt intimidated as he was confronted with just a barrage of new language of thoughts and feelings and expected to have an immediate and intelligent response. Think of it as the equivalent of someone being fluent in a foreign language, asking you to have a full-blown conversation in that language when you may only know a word or two or maybe a phrase. It wouldn't take long for the two of you to get frustrated as you struggle to communicate. This disconnect in the depth and breadth of emotional communication can also occur when individuals are raised to hide their thoughts and feelings because it may be seen as a sign of weakness. Or individuals may be raised in homes that just don't find value in discussing how you're thinking and feeling. Now, unless something happens to change your cadence of discussion surrounding how you feel, you will carry this mindset into adulthood and maybe even throughout your life. You may also be wondering, why is this important? And why do we need to discuss our feelings and our emotions? Well, you see, emotions are unavoidable and completely necessary to be a healthy individual. Our emotions provide guidance for us, particularly if there is something that we may need to address. Think of the increased fear you experience when there is danger, which may trigger the fight, flight, or freeze response, or the increased level of anxiety that may surface as you get closer to delivering a presentation for work, which may trigger the need to prepare more. Remember, even though they're used interchangeably, Emotions and feelings are two different things. An emotion is triggered, which can be experienced within our body and sometimes subconsciously. 
while the feeling is the conscious processing of the emotional reaction. For example, anger may be triggered, and after you process through the emotions, you realize it was triggered by a feeling of frustration with whatever has surfaced for you. As complex creatures, we may often experience a wide range of emotions at the same time, sometimes after positive news, sometimes after traumatic events. Imagine the moment you receive notice from your employer that you've been promoted to a position that's now responsible for 50 people, but you will no longer be working with the team members you have spent the past five years with. This information have, may have triggered excitement, fear, joy, as well as sadness at the thought of not only the responsibilities you will have and all the changes that will come, but the loss of the camaraderie. You may even grieve with the thought of losing that five-year relationship. Imagine the moment you get a call that your house went up in flames, but everyone made it out safely. The range of emotions that may come flooding in can feel insurmountable with this type of news. When you think of the complexities of our emotions, it can make you feel like you wanted to shut them off and just avoid having to navigate so many challenges with identifying which emotions surfaced and how you're feeling about them. However, like the fluency you gain with practicing a foreign language, the more comfortable you get with identifying the emotions that have surfaced and how you're feeling about them, the easier it will be to manage them. You see, once the emotion is triggered, it's helpful to evaluate what you're thinking and what surfaced at the time of the trigger. After you process through this emotion and identify what you're feeling, you get to decide what you will do in response. It's helpful if you allow the emotion to fully wash over you before you react. Feel what you need to feel. Take a moment to reflect on what you need to say or do and the impact it may have. This process may take a few seconds, a few minutes, a few hours, or as long as you need it to take. The more comfortable you get with identifying what emotions and feelings you have, the easier it will be to discuss them and create a space where you and your partner can be vulnerable with each other and share them. This will help you avoid communication difficulties that can develop when you and your partner want to talk about how you're feeling, and your partner may need a little more time to evaluate their emotions. It is not because they don't care about your emotions and feelings. They just need more exposure to exploring and assessing their own thoughts and feelings to become fluent. It can also be helpful to develop check-in moments in your relationship where you just check on each other to see how you're feeling. It's helpful if these moments are technology-free and only focus on the relationship. No discussions around household responsibilities or upcoming appointments or career issues. You can start small, maybe five to ten minutes, and build on it as your emotional communication strengthens. Tune in for our next episode as we continue to unpack it. <laughs>